Niwari weku kuvira. Mumtima kwa Yesu weku kuvira. Niwari weku kuvira. Mumtima kwe weku kuvira. Weku kuvira. Weku kuvira. Weku kuvira. Kasaramuns. Hi. <laughs> One day I'll beat you to it. <laughs> and you'll get thrown off balance. <laughs> you just beat me to it. Why do you mean But you day? asked me. So I was responding. I was responding. How are you? I am well. I'm well. I I think I told you a few minutes ago that I had a splitting headache. Yeah, yeah. I woke up with a splitting headache. We drove here and my head was pounding. No kidding. My head was pounding. I could hear it. Yeah. And the headache is gone. Oh, wow. It is gone. It is gone. Amen. Amen. And I thank God. Amen. It's quite interesting that it's a, it's a pattern I think I've noticed a number of times. Yeah. Where the devil can put something in your way so that you can turn back. Yeah. And the place of victory is a place of soldiering on. Mm-hmm. So I must commend you for amidst the headache that you did not say anything about it. <laughs> I didn't know it was still hurting until we got, until oh. you said it. <laughs> but imagine yeah. that, uh, you soldiered on. And this is a, she reminds me of something I, I came up with. I have these principles I came up with. They're non scripture. They're just my principles ways of navigating life. And one of them is never say no to yourself. Yes. Yeah. And it's in the sense that, a lot of times we look at things, we look at the facts, and we try to conclude based on the facts. You say, my head is paining. I can't do the podcast today. Yeah. You're saying no to yourself. But there's a man who says, I don't care about the headache. I'm going to do it. I can do all things Thank through you. Christ who gives me strength. Thank you. By truth, you overcome you a bad overcome. report. And, uh, yeah, that is, uh, that is powerful. It is indeed. Cause I, I, I struggled to read the word this morning. Yeah. But my, cause the head was, yeah. my vision, my sight was being funny. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't find my other glasses, which yeah. I prefer to work with. And I went over the same verses over and over again. I just couldn't move. And I told myself, I am not going to close this pipe. Mm. I am. It doesn't matter whether mm. I do not remember what I read. I am going to stay here mm. until Mwamichitaka actually comes out and we're set to mm. leave. And that's what I did. And wow. there was a part of me that, th- there's a part of me that started feeling, but you're not making progress. Yeah. Cause I am behind 
on my tasks yeah. by two days. Yeah. So that means I have 18 chapters to read. Yeah. Actually, no. <laughs> now I'm on day three. Yeah. Those are so many chapters to read. Yeah. So there was a thought that, that was already ringing in my head. You have a lot of ground to cover and you're not going to cover it. Yeah. Yeah. So the more I kept looking at chapter 14 of the book of John, yeah. and I was not moving because I couldn't like see properly. Right. My head was hurting. I started getting frustrated and I said, no, I am going to push. Yeah. I'm going to do this until until I can't do it anymore, which is ironic because, not ironic, it's actually the same thing I was explaining or encouraging Malaika yeah. this morning. I think for some reason, not for some reason, I know it happens to me as well. When you The day you purpose to fast, yeah. you wake up and at eight you're dying of hunger. Yeah. So um, she was pur purposing to fast. Yeah. I think by nine o'clock she was quite hungry. Mm. And yeah, so she's like, oh, come on, I'm going to have tea. I'll, I'll fast until midday. Yeah. And then bananas showed up. We were blessed by, were blessed by uh, Senga. Yeah. She sent a bunch of bananas. Yeah. Right, bananas. And they were ready to eat. The next thing I knew, Malaika, who had gone out of the house, had come back in and not picked two bananas. <laughs> like, sweetheart, I thought we were fasting. She said, I'm hungry. <laughs> and she looked like she was about to die. Yeah. I told her, sweetheart, it won't kill you. Yeah. I think by that time it was actually 10. Yeah. We first had the conversation at 8. I said, it's 10 o'clock right yeah. now. You have two hours to midday to break yeah. your fast. You can soldier on. You mm. can do this. And she left extremely upset with me. Yeah. But I'm hoping that when we go back home, <laughs> she will have a testimony of how she endured it. <laughs> so it would have been ironic for me to be telling her about endurance yeah. and pushing and trusting God to help mm. if I had given up. Mm. If I had given up. Now, I wasn't consciously thinking about That was a subconscious thought mm. because we ought to. Live by example. I love how you've put it succinctly. Yeah. Endurance. Endurance. And uh, <sighs> uh, as you were speaking, I was thinking about generational curses. Mm. <laughs> Why were you thinking about generational curses while I was speaking? <laughs> and it's strange. I'm and I, I found the topic of generational curses to be an interesting topic. Because it has different schools of thought. Yeah. Um, there are those who believe the concept. There are those who don't believe the concept, who, mm. whose point of view is that your new creation, uh, that does not, that has no basis on you. Mm. And, uh, I, I have my own opinion on the matter. Okay. And, uh, my opinion is, uh, that a lot of times people are caught up with words. You know, you see, the name Chitaka represents me, but the name Chitaka has a meaning. Does that make sense? The name it Chitaka represents, represents you, but it has me. a, first and foremost, Chitaka. it has a meaning. Yes. Then it represents yes. you. Yes. Right? So now there are people who come to learn words by what they were told the words mean. And not what they can deduce from what the word is saying. Mm -hmm. You see? There's a place where it's like someone knowing the Holy Spirit without even meditating on the words holy and spirit. 
Mm. You get? Yes. Uh there's someone who hears alpha and omega. And they doesn't know what alpha it. means? Doesn't know omega means. That it starts and begin. stops. Thank you. It starts and stops. Thank you. And when you come to a topic of things like generational curses for me, it's about generation. It's about something that reflects. When I think about it for me, it's something close to generational patterns. Okay. And these are things I've seen in the lives of men. I've seen people who by generation have a consistent pattern. You see a family of people who have uh, a weakness towards the bottle. Yeah. And you can see it reflected. Even see a young teenager in the family coming up and you can see the pattern reproducing itself. I've seen a pattern of uh, families where marriages hardly happen. And if they happen, they hardly last. Mm. I've seen a pattern of marriages uh, of women failing to conceive. And the pattern continues. Mm. Right? Now, I don't know what blindness can tell me that that I see does not exist. There's such a thing that can pursue a man through generations. I, uh, I was intrigued one time, the realization that there's someone struggling with alcohol. There's no struggling with fornication. And the reverse is also true. And the reverse is also true. And the way I understood it, if you think about a plane, a plane, and the plane is inclined mm-hmm. towards something. When something is inclined, you do not need to, to, <laughs> to push, push it. It will just naturally so head in that direction. It takes a lot of effort to go against, against the that. inclination. Mm. Now, there are people who are dealing with certain poverty that's pursued them generationally. So, which means by default, they tend towards poverty. Yeah. That requires a certain strength to act contrary to it. But on another angle, the challenge is people who obsess too much about generational curses mm. and they don't understand the power of God. They don't understand the power of God or because of their obsession, they are not even alive to the power of God. Yes. Because this thing has been magnified so greatly. Exactly. That they cannot even see how God fits in yes. this picture. Yes. Okay. So my desire is like, see, know the facts, but also know your God. Know the, the facts, says, but also know the truth. Yes. They that know their God shall, shall do mighty exploits. exploits. Right? But the reason that brought me here from your conversation was endurance. Mm. When you start to see a pattern in your life that tends to a generational pattern, it means going to need more effort. You need need more effort to go backward, to go forward, to overcome. And what the devil is going to do 
is going to put things that look like everything is working against you, that you cannot overcome this part. And you need a certain stubbornness to soldier on. Unless, of course, you realize that that effort is not necessarily human effort. Or the human effort will be there. But first and foremost, because of what you're going against, you need to recognize that this thing, that which is what you mentioned earlier, this thing that has existed through the generations, there is someone far greater. It has to start with that. You see, these things are fascinating. We know about the greatness of God and his power. But if you fail to believe the power of God does not solve that part. And the belief is the human effort. Exactly. So this is there. It exists. Yes. The power does not go away. Yes. But my part in it, I have a role to play yes. by believing yes. in it. Believing in yes. the power of God. And, and acting, yes. acting on that belief. Thank you. It is the person who says, I have woken up with a headache. I know this needs to be done. Yes. I am going to go and yes. do it regardless of how I feel. Thank you. And as you start walking yes. to do it, yes. before you realize the headache is gone. When Jesus fed 5,000, <sighs> have you wondered why he asked how much bread and, and fish they had? Um, why didn't he just feed them from scratch. He needed to work with what they had, I think. I don't know if he needed, but you <laughs> see he worked. He with worked with what they had. The little they had, they gave it to him and he multiplied it. So they had something. I believe God can multiply what we have. You get? Mm. And there's a, you see, when you think about a generational curse. I believe some of these things is you can find a family having the same mindset, having the same behavior. So the curse is not, is not something detached. It is something that can be seen. Yeah. Someone can have such a mindset and their way of thinking tends them to poverty. I hear you. And, and you find that they have a doctrine of poverty, but they think it's a doctrine of success. And yet the same doctrine has been carried by their predecessors. Does it make sense? Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be, it's not something that's even shared or talked about. Yes. It's just something that is passed down yes. through yes. the ages. Yes. It's just passed down through the ages. And, and these things are powerful. I, we've seen our daughter and you are able to see that certain parts of her behavior was really your influence. Yes. Something that was imparted from me. Now, you have to realize that your daughter picked from you, you picked from your mother, 
the times we spend with people, these, these mothers and fathers who look after us for quite a long time, there's something they pass on. Yeah. There's something they pass on. I'm actually so alive to what I pick from my dad yes. and what I pick from my mom. I, I can, yes. but, and now because I'm at a place where I, I walk in consciousness, yeah. I'm even able to tell that this is now my father. And now this needs to be, I need to put an, not an end. I need to stop this because this is my father. Or I need to stop this. This is my mom. Or I need to do more of this because this is my dad. Or this is, this is my mom. There's a very interesting incident this morning, which speaks to that. Um, my niece <laughs> had to be uh, somewhere very early in the morning at 8.30. She had to be at the Ministry of Finance by 8.30. And she was coming all the way from Entebbe. So she made plans, woke up very early in the morning, took uh, public transport. <clears throat> now she got to town because the taxes dropped her off at Diamond Trust. She got to town and she wasn't sure where the Ministry of Finance was. And my sense of direction is like really terrible. So I couldn't really give directions even though I've been there. So I tell, so she gets into her phone and um, using Safe Border puts in Ministry of Finance. And Ministry of Finance is actually located, that road is actually called Apolo Kagwa Road. I didn't know that until I was Googling the other day. So this Safe Border guy takes her all the way to Sa Apolo Kagwa. So she started calling me very early in the morning, but of course I couldn't pick my phone because I was asleep. So she's frantic now. It's a few minutes to 8.30. Now she's trying to explain to this safe border guy that I didn't say Sa Apolo Kagwa Road. The app didn't show Sa Apolo Kagwa Road. It actually showed Apolo Kagwa Road. And the guy's like, this is it. Now she's run out of money. She's late for her appointment. So I tell her, let me speak to the border guy. So I actually hear her begin to, she's very calm. But even in her calmness, when she raises her voice, you can tell she's raising her voice and she's getting very frustrated. And it sounded like me. It actually, it sounded like me. It sounded like one of my other sisters. Mm. And I was like, this is so familiar. Mm. This shouldn't be. So I tell her, give me the phone. So I speak to the border guy, greeted him nicely. And I explained to him, I was so calm. And it was such a delight to hear that when he got her from Saapolo Kagwa Road and took her to the actual location, he didn't ask her for any more money. Wow. And now I had to have a conversation with her to ask her, Did you, do you understand why he ended up not charging you money? Because she was really, really frustrated about having to pay more money when it wasn't her fault. She said, yeah, it's because I quarreled. I said, no. Mm -hmm. I first of all, quarreling is how we have done it for the long, longest time. Mm -hmm. You were raising your voice at this guy and you were upset because of a principle, mm. but it can't work like that. Mm. That is not how you win this side of heaven. Mm. Humility. I actually had to give her a lesson because mm. I told her, I had you mm. and I had myself. Mm. That is what I would have done before mm. principle. Mm. So there's someone who can be so principled and they don't, they don't know where it came from but it came from generations case in point mm. me my dad is a terribly principled man mm. 
I think one of the times I encountered his being principled, <clears throat> and this is a bit of a, a, a strange one, is he got stopped. I think I was in S1, S1 or S2, and we were driving from Masaka coming to Kampala. He was taking me, I think, to the dentist, and we got stopped by a traffic officer. There was a minor issue, and I don't remember exactly what ensued, but my father insisted on going to court. Back in the day, they were more efficient. So they would take you to the nearest court and whatever. And he said, I am not going to beg. Mm. I will go to court. Mm. And we lost a lot of time. Mm. Perhaps if he had been humble, mm. <laughs> you know. But the reason I'm, I'm saying that is it took me a very, very long time to mm. recognize that that principal thing in me that was a, that is a very positive quality mm. but can be flipped mm. Mm. was actually something mm. I picked up mm. from my father. It's a double-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword. Yeah. And it's so easy to go through life, and that one thing that is a double-edged sword yeah. can sometimes be the stumbling block yeah. in other things. And it's something you picked up. And uh, what's powerful is... Uh, these things are crazy, is uh, imagine you didn't have the light of the word of God to counter your inheritance from your fathers and mothers. What would separate you from your generation, from your lineage? Are you seeing that? Mm. You see, you have to realize that from ages past, there was a family that conceived someone, maybe your great-grandfather, and he was raised in a certain way, and it was carried on, and it was carried on. It was carried on, mm. right? Um, my my great grandfather is called Jaja Samsambo. Samsambo. Yes. Now, when you think about such a name, <laughs> the first thing you think about is darkness. Uh, yeah, very. You get? A lot of darkness. Yes. <laughs> now, but when you start to think about it, the environment you grew up in, there is no other light beyond that. You understand me? They probably didn't even know about the sacrifice of Jesus at Calvary. Of course, now my grandfather, he became a catechist, right? So you start to realize he may have diverged from his grandfather a bit, but you don't know how much of it he stuck with. Yeah. Right? And so you start to see there's an influence on the line. And what sets someone out of the line, and this gets even deeper. The, just as you can think of a generational curse, I can conceive a national curse. Mm. You see, two things are critical, time and place. Time and place. Let's first backtrack a bit. I used to think of time in terms of generation and place, place in, terms in terms of, of nation. nation. 
right? So even the nation you're in, it has a collective consciousness. There's a, there's a, the light in you in Uganda, for instance, is to a certain level. And anyone immersed in Uganda is going to be one with Uganda and is going to have a certain limitation that is true to all Ugandans. Or to most Ugandans. To most Ugandans. Yeah. Fair enough. Now, how do you come out of such a national caste? You see, I dropped out of my university in my first year. The best thing I ever did. I agree. Now, in hindsight. <laughs> it was heavy. Don't get it twisted. It was an old glitter. But I was determined to show the world that you can make it to that university degree. I was determined. Right? And uh, I went through a lot of things. People telling me you're throwing your life away. That's not how things work, at least not in Uganda. Uh, you need the papers in Uganda. <laughs> so some, someone once told me, yeah, Felix, I understand. Uh, Felix is about those Silicon Valley things, but you know, Uganda, <laughs> don't let them know I worked for a company in Silicon Valley remotely. But, <laughs> but the place that is of interest is, uh, dropping out of university allowed me to for, to disconnect yeah. from the wisdom of the land. Yeah. I was uprooted from the land. When you think about the brilliant minds in Uganda, the pattern they've walked in this land, I was uprooted out of. I am uh, an anomaly. <laughs> I I have no qualification because you're on the senior six certificate. I've, I've not worked for the Ugandan companies people work for because I don't have the credentials they require. So I don't know what it means to work for Ugandan, a traditional Ugandan company. I don't know. Now the certain group think, the certain group think, that can reinforce common mindsets, common philosophies, common outlooks. I was detached out of. You're saved from. So when you find are... Felix, Felix cannot be defined by nation. You cannot trust Felix on the place where I am. Neither can you trust Felix from the family lineage. Now, don't get it twisted, a lot of land from my fathers, but I'm not defined by a, a lineage pattern. Mm. I have seeked for enlightenment without limitation. Yes. And that, that has created a man that is <laughs> unique. So, someone asks you, what are you? I don't know how to define it. I'm a software engineer. I remember when I was processing my first passport, a gentleman asked me what I do for a living. I told him I'm a, I'm a computer scientist, a software engineer. And he asked me what papers I have. I don't even have none. And, and, 
You couldn't, and you couldn't comprehend it. how you can be a software engineer, a computer scientist without any can credentials, any papers. That thing for me that is so normal to others, <sighs> like, how can you without a paper? Yeah. I have no papers. That, and yet it's not a point of weakness. <laughs> it is actually a point of strength. Yeah, but the world doesn't the wo- see it as the that. The world cannot see it yes. because you, for lack of a better way to put it, you consciously or unconsciously, I think it was a bit of both, came out from among us. I don't want to elevate myself too much like that. You're not the one who said it. I'm the one. I'm, I'm saying it as someone who, someone who experiences you. And I honestly see that some of the things I struggle with, yeah. and it took me a while to figure that it was really exactly what you've described. Yeah. Groupthink. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, but because I was one of those, but Felix, no, this is, it doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. This is, you need to understand this is how it works in a corporate organization. Mm. And I am struggling to explain something to you because I have seen a pattern over Mm. and over and over again that has become so normal and has Mm. defined the way of work and the acceptable standards in the corporate world. But your mind couldn't comprehend it. Because your mind does not allow you to comprehend things like that. Your experiences do not allow you to comprehend things like that. And I think that's why it's been easier for you to challenge me mm. in certain areas. And those are the, if you, if you notice, those are the areas where we've had friction. Yeah, yeah. Those where I am so absolutely certain and set yeah. that this is how it works. It has been tried. It has been tested. Yeah. Why are you arguing with me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot. It's taken a lot for me to get into that space. And sometimes I fall back yeah. where I recognize that there might be prudence in yeah. first setting aside what I think I know. Yeah. And I listen to what Mwamish Taka is saying. Because Mwamish Taka has not had the unfortunate benefit mm. of having his mindset framed mm. in, by, a box. in a box by these experiences. Now, it's not easy. Mm. And if it's not easy for the usual things, just everyday life, mm. how much more complex for something spiritual mm. where the enemy is so bent mm. on locking you in a certain space, mm. regardless mm. of the fact that you gave your life to Christ mm. 10, 15, 5 years ago, even one year ago. Mm. And you're just not seeing that you're, you're in a constant yeah. merry-go-round space. So it's not, it's a blessing. And uh, as you spoke of endurance, that was the light that set us on this journey. Mm. And uh, it's easy to look at the positive of the journey I walked. Mm. But man. That was a price. <laughs> you don't know the weight of it. I remember so vivid that day in my room and uh, my friend calls me and is graduating. Mm. And I'm in this tiny room in my father's house. I have no social life. I had acne. My esteem was an all time low. low. People uh, have told me and I'm thinking sure they had resigned. This guy doesn't get it. And uh, 
that I don't forget is in my tiny room laid on, laying on my bed. I had like a small stool beside the bed and the laptop was there. And so only the lights that lit the room. And I remember it was my birthday. No phone calls. That's how much I was on you my own. You were cut off from the entire social system. And I remember telling God, if you can pull me out slowly. I used to wake up and uh, I used to read. There's a website called Hacker News. And, and at that time, I didn't have, I couldn't afford internet a lot. So we used to find deals of getting internet. Sometimes you find some, someone gets you these landline phones, dial up, mm. and you pay one fee and it works for some time until it gets blocked. And sometimes you buy a little bundle. And what I used to do, I would uh, go to my browser and I would disable images. <laughs> Those images consume a lot of data. data. Mm. Uh, I would go and disable what you call JavaScript. JavaScript is what allows the website to be interactive, but it also consumes data, so I'll disable them. Then I'll go to this website where the people dif- put different articles, and I'll scroll through uh, like a list of 300 articles, and I open a new tab for each category I want to read that catches my attention. And I would fill my Chrome browser with too many tabs that you can't even see the icon of each. <laughs> and when I've opened them up, I cancel my data so it stops going. Oh, then I then start, start reading, reading one tab at a time. 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 There's a time I was uh, uh, trying to learn a topic. It was called... Uh, uh, Windows programming in C was creating software for a normal computer. And I found this book. It was about, I think, what, 1,200 pages. And I'll never forget that time. I would wake up at 8 a.m. and just like get into my desk. My desk was next to my bed. And I sit there and start reading that book and practicing. And I would stay there. My parents would go in the morning and mom would come back in the evening, find me still in the same room. And I would go to bed at 2 a.m. and get off the table, go on bed. And I did that for almost a week until I finished that book. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine that life. You don't have much of a social life. That to wasn't talk a life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it was a life, but I mean, it wasn't really yes. a life. <laughs> and uh, now you reach a point. Three years later, the people you left in university have graduated, and all that effort has not materialized. Mm. And at that point, God, if you can pull me out slowly, I'd understand. And, but guess what? That process, that dedication, that effort that seemed painful, that seemed leading to nowhere is the foundation for where I'm at today. 
endurance. The knowledge I accrued then has fed me till this day. But more than the knowledge, it's built certain, I don't want to call them practices. Oh, that's knowledge. Just, 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 just hearing you. Yeah. Now I understand why your, your passion for reading yeah. and why you can sit and read a book in a very short period of time. I mean, if you had to read a 1000 something page book to be, and then practice, yeah. clearly you build some muscle. Yeah. You know, for certain things. And uh, when you speak about that, I'm always blown away by how people in this country, many people do not read. I, you find Christians, they read their Bible, but the world has so much knowledge and it's not evil. When you read about Thomas Edison and the light bulb, I, I, one of the powerful things I learned from Edison's story, they asked him, uh, in trying to do a light bulb, he tried about 3,000 times and kept not working. And I think they was asked about failing 3,000 times and say that he not failed 3,000 times. I found 3,000 ways that didn't work. Very, very profound way to look. There are people who learned how to. You read that man's life and you find a way to reframe failure. I, you read about Elon Musk's story. When Elon Musk sold, uh, they sold PayPal. A number of men who are the founders of PayPal, when PayPal was sold to eBay, an e-commerce company, they became rich. Now, Elon Musk took all his money and bet them on two companies. I think three. Tesla Motors, SpaceX, SpaceX. and Solar City. Solar City. Now, with Tesla, he was daring to say that cars can be driven by electricity instead of fossil fuels. Now, it was crazy. In the very beginning of, uh, of cars, People tried using electricity for cars and it didn't, didn't work quite out. Work well, out. <laughs> right? Yeah. And that's why they stuck with fossil fuels. But what manner of man sees a possibility and he goes and pursues it? Now, in countries like, in, in areas like European Union, they were saying that cars uh, may be electric by 2030. All cars, electric. That's, just, that's like seven years, seven years from now. Thank you. The world, every big car company is starting to follow Elon Musk. Today is the richest man in the world. But this is what's interesting. At one time, he was almost bankrupt. In 2008, his company SpaceX that creates rockets. They had, I think, done two or three rockets and they had all blown up. Now, these rockets take time to build. These rockets take money. And remember, he was using the money he got when he got sold some. his companies. And on the last attempt, where if this one didn't work, he's finished. He's going back to the village. <laughs> he, he, it worked. 
So if he had given up before that last attempt, he would never. Yes. We're speaking endurance. This man was born in South South Africa. Africa. He goes to Canada, later goes to the US. But this was interesting. When he started his one of his first companies, I think Zip2, there's a story I had. These guys used to spend time in their office. And then they would go to the YMCA in the neighborhood to shower. Take a bath. And then go back in those rooms to, to, to create. Now, that is the mindset. That is the mindset of Silicon Valley. That is the mindset of an area where people have a way and approach. When you come back to Uganda, you ask yourself, what is the ethic of Uganda? Mm. Now, if you do not expose yourself to new ways, you may not even understand your ways that are terrible. Because you have nothing to juxtapose. Juxtapose your ways against. The Uganda have a saying, Atanaita Ita. The one that's not been around is the one who praises the mother's cooking. Praises the mom as the best cook. Best cook. Because they have no point of comparison. Thank you. But what were we speaking about? Endurance. Endurance. And the reason I brought out the talk about Elon Musk, there's a lady who posted in the comments and asking, but as a believer, is it right to listen to these people? And uh, I, I, I have a love for knowledge. But when I, I search for knowledge, I don't search for knowledge that contradicts the word of God. I search for knowledge that affirms the word of God. When you speak about, hear the story of Elon Musk. For me, I don't seem different from Paul in the Bible. Elon Musk bet all his resources on what he believed. Paul was willing to risk his life for what he believed. I think it's the principle. When I see Messiah Shadrach and Abednego willing to be thrown in the fire for what they believed. It's the right principle. So my place is to find find the truth. You see, I learned that you can look at the trees and the birds and you can find wisdom therein. How much more in the stories of men? Mm. You see, and one of the things that's very powerful, if you have access to a story from beginning to end, end, it's different someone who's telling you things but you haven't seen their end. The stories of dead men are powerful because you saw they're what they wrote end. when they were living. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> end to end. You saw what they wrote as they're living. You saw what the culmination of their lives was. Mm. Right? And endurance. Without endurance, it's hard to break forth. 
and to realize that there is a pattern from your family that is pursuing you. There is a pattern from your nation that is pursuing you. And for as long as you don't break that cycle, you'll be just like everyone else. You know, there are places, there are places where people look the same. Now this turning to principalities. There are people, you can go to a village and there's a common pattern to that village. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> pattern, pattern. Now there's a spiritual dimension <laughs> to pattern. Uh, someone brought me, a, a minister in preaching, got me to learn that anytime you see such a pattern, there is an altar. Mm. There's an altar that fuels it. Patent, patterns cannot, certain consistency is too perfect to be simply coincidence. I hear you. When, when you find all women in a particular line struggling with conception, uh 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 uh, uh, uh. <laughs> we are not seeking coincidence. There is a pattern. There is an altar. I think what happens even sometimes is there might be one or two who survived, survived in quotes. And because of the existence of those one or two, it's very easy to dismiss the pattern. No, actually, I had another minister say that uh, uh, the devil attacks those people that mm. break free mm. from certain realities upon households because if other people follow their pattern, then they will escape. Now, I understand when the Bible says many people perish for lack, lack of, of knowledge. knowledge. I'm truly persuaded that certain things that keep people in bondage are really ignorance. There are things that don't have power over you, but for your ignorance, you see, when slavery was abolished in US, there is a place, I think it was in Texas, where they found people who are still in slavery. They never got the memo that you were free. Mm. So they continued. They remained in slavery because for generations they had been in slavery. It was a generational curse. The children born in slavery were slaves. But slaves, slavery was abolished. Christ died on the cross. They were no longer slaves to sin. But for their right. ignorance, they continued in slavery. What was the issue? The issue wasn't the work wasn't done on the cross. The issue was they were ignorant. For the truth always sets you, when you know the truth, yes. it sets you yes. free. 
but there's someone who that's that slave if he carried the knowledge of his freedom he could by legal right walk, walk away, away from that farm by legal and no one would right, touch him his master wouldn't touch him so there are altars that have kept people in bondage not because they have power over them because people are ignorant and have remained in submission to them we're speaking about breaking forth when you look at um, this land this land there are forces that have a hold on this land and you've decided to retract ah <laughs> uh... but bondage is overcome by things like endurance and it's in all honesty we would not have any basis of thinking we can overcome generational curses of Christ hadn't died No. It's on account of Christ's death that we can actually say we are more than conquerors. We probably would not even have an awareness of their existence Thank if Christ had not come. We would be in blissful yes. ignorance. Yes. and i i i am persuaded that 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 is the reason why that is the reason why there seems to be such a hold or there seems to be such a struggle sometimes for people to obtain knowledge because if they obtain knowledge in whichever in whichever shape or form it comes the right knowledge the knowledge that sets them free then they shall truly be free so you find that you go through life and your entire life is a struggle to obtain the the very knowledge that will actually set you free and the things that you have need of Well, the things that even keep you bound are the things that so easily come to you and you so easily indulge in reinforcing where you are at whether it's from a spiritual perspective or even just everyday life yeah. you know and something comes to mind when you have you're from a country that has a, a history of a colonial master the colonialist his end was 
Is it subjugation? Um, his end was to put people under his rule. Now, that colonialist could not do achieve his end <laughs> without putting there a system that keeps you that keeps you in that state. Now you find people put in an education system where they come out cramming things but without a desire for learning. For learning. How does that be? How do you spend years in school and you don't have a desire for learning? Actually, you get out and you, you just can't wait to stop. Let me tell you something. A dogolidium. Nobody take you get? Mm. You see, now the colonialists left, but Yale Dogoli. And all rulers that come, they they find it easier to play colonialist. It's just a different type of course. It's just that we don't recognize them as the new era colonialist because they don't look like the typical colonialist. So for as long as you don't get rid of the, the, the tools of witchcraft, if you don't get rid of the tools of witchcraft in your house, you cannot claim to have that Christ fought your battle but you still carry the, the tools of witchcraft from your ancestors in your house. For as long as you still have the education system from your colonialist, you cannot claim to have victory because even while you've walked away, it still has a hold on you. It's interesting that you say that. The other thing I'd like to add to what you've just said, if, you do, if your mindset does not change, they made the altar call, or in your small little room, you accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, but your mind has not been renewed. Thank you. You will consistently struggle. You're born again, you confessed, you, serve, you go to church, you serve in church. But your mindset and the enemy is quite happy. It's like, yeah, it's fine. You can go ahead and testify yeah. that you gave your life to Christ. But yeah. me, I know because this is where yeah. that, that space I still yeah. govern. I am still the master. That's what the enemy would say. I'm still the master in yeah. that space because I have you where it matters. Yeah. Your mindset. Yes. So you have the illusion of liberation. But you're still very much in bondage. In bondage. You're a bonded free man. A free bonded man. No, no, a bonded free man. Yes. You're a bonded free man. Yes. And a lot of us are like that. I I can I testify that <laughs> I have only found my freedom a few years ago. Yeah. Probably not more than two years ago. Yeah. But I was always born again. Yeah. 
And in my mind, I was like, I have survived hell. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm on my way to heaven. I shall not be moved. Mm. But I wasn't, I wasn't living like a free person. I was struggling with so many things. Yeah. And even when I wasn't struggling with so many things like sin, yeah. I still wasn't living the life that I should be living. Yeah. You know, I wasn't living the life that I should be living this side of heaven. And I wasn't being of value because I was still very much bound. When in our first year of marriage, there's a moment I was fed up of the fight, the pain in the marriage. And I didn't understand. I was like, God, I give my things away. I've lived a selfless life. Why is this thing, why is my marriage causing me lots of pain? The one Lord, thing that what, shouldn't have. What in your word have I not done? I've desired your word. I've tried to seek your truth. You said love your wife. I've loved this woman. Even she's in her most unlovable state. But she's causing me a lot of pain and grief. And I'll never forget where my redemption started to come. I, I seeked for knowledge to understand. And I never forget there's a gentleman who wrote the book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. He did a TED talk. And in his TED talk, he spoke about the hormone oxytocin and sort of the, the sudden quantity in women in certain things. And he explained oxytocin and I was like, I was like, wait a minute. There is a realm of diagnosis I didn't have. You see, you can only diagnose to the realms you have exposure to. Mm. There are people who their diagnosis of all situations is in terms of witchcraft. Yeah. Because that's the only realm they have an awareness to. There are people whose diagnosis is only psychology. Because that's the realm they only have awareness to. Now, this guy was sharing and he said something profound. He said, and he made it hilarious. And he said, husbands, if you buy your wife one flower, she gives you one point. You buy five flowers. Still get one point. Still get one point. Now it was powerful. Because you start to realize uh, a man saying, what do these women want? I, I buy food every day. I do everything and that. But you don't understand. You're it's dealing with someone point. with an emotion system that manages their responses. So <sighs> that path led me to a journey. I reflected, I meditated, and I even found his book. And when I listened, I read his book. There was something, uh, he wasn't getting deep enough. But because he had brought me to, to that awareness of differences between men and women, such difference. Now, when you are, a lot of us, when you read the Bible, you talked about we are all children of God. So you're made alive to this similarity. We are the same. 
And that in a way blinds you to the differences. Mm. And for <laughs> as long as you don't have the awareness of difference, you won't be able to diagnose your situation. And when I learned from him, I found another book of a lady who's a social linguist. And for her, she approached it from the difference in the communication styles. And she studied behavior from children, how boys play and girls play. And she tell you most of the games boys play as kids are competitive games. There has to be a winner and a loser. Now the games girls play are relational. They are relational. They're playing a mom and dad. They're like today, okay, you are either good. Now yeah. that realm of diagnosis, the the experience of childhood influences who you see as adults. If you don't have that understanding, you won't be able to diagnose what you see in your marriage. It is that part of knowledge. Mm. My people perish for lack, lack of, of knowledge. knowledge. Now, someone told me on Twitter, commented on, on one of our posts, and he said uh, something which says, like, that is not faith, that's wishful thinking. <laughs> and he said, faith is it what? Believe in Christ, the Son of God, something like that. Now, some people are too religious, I must say, that I think they stop thinking. <laughs> my, appro- my approach mm. to the gospel mm. is to find success. I want to die an empty man, a man that has lived. And my search for knowledge, my search for truth is to the end that my life was complete. There's a difference between finishing and completion. Yes. You can finish, you're done, but you don't have completed. completed. Yes. So we all are going to die. But none of us are going to die having completed. Because completion has to do, having completed means you emptied yourself of everything that you should have. Everything you're meant to do. Yeah, should have. You did. Everything you were meant to do, you did. And there I know to, to, to achieve that, I need to know. I need to know. And recently a very strange thing happened. There's something I had taken before the Lord. I would be in a period of fasting and I go, I pray, I start praying and I tell God, Father, show me. And I, I won't believe, I won't lie to you. All I could hear was, Felix, you overcame your marriage dilemma by reading. reading. A book. We're not really reading about this. As I, as I, as I. You like first Felix, question whether you had had right. Like, Felix, wake up, wake up. <laughs> Felix, Felix, pray. <laughs> Focus on the prayer. And as I'm praying, that's what I was seeing. You need a book. You so need I to read a book on the phone, the book immediately. I read that book in that day. 
and oh my when they would the tell knowledge. the story yeah <laughs> but what came of it is realizing that the medication we were taking was actually wrong but that would be a story yeah. for another and it was amazing that god sent me to read it wasn't Now, your prayer it wasn't an issue of spending time in your prayer space and saying god deal with this yes he would show you yes. the way it ought to my be dealt with my people perish for lack of knowledge yeah. my people not strangers of shakataravosity not strangers my people you see that scripture often we underestimate that my people the ones who are called by his name yes my people perish and yet they ought we ought not to perish and i, I meditated on that that incident and what came to me there are things god wants to show us but we don't have the ability to comprehend them we don't have imagine god wanted to give you water but you had no container he has the water mm. but you cannot contain it in jeremiah in jeremiah god sent jeremiah to the potter's house and jeremiah saw how the potter pot was, was making the pot. the pot yes and what's amazing god spoke on, on to jeremiah on the basis of what he, he saw in the saw. potter's house that is a place is a mystery god would like to reveal to you but you don't have enough deposit in you to comprehend, to comprehend it. it that god wow. wants to show you but you cannot comprehend it and that was powerful to me because their dimensions they someone battling poverty but god doesn't know doesn't know how to to communicate it to you 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 have a dream and cannot interpret it that's how hard it is for you you see ashakata the dimension between the realm of the spirit and the realm of the physical is quite an interesting there seems to be a dimension where the communication has to work in an interesting way even the devil cannot speak to you in a vacuum push the devil can't speak to you in a vacuum the devil tempting jesus on on the on the on the stones into bread was a midst a man fasting ah touch touch the we absence of the fasting the temptation have, of food doesn't show ah the, the the realm of communication without without the hunger that doesn't show that there's a man who's going to be tempted into last because of the movie has just watched that that the devil needs you to find a sudden hook he needs you to have a container to contain his communication that his articulation needs to find a certain place where it holds but the same is in the spirit that is something god may want you go to a potter's house that you will see the situation of your life 
that there's something he wants you to see. But, but he, he's like, my son, just, just look, look, go to the porter's house. You're like, why is he sending me to a porter's house? Why is he sending me to a porter's house? something. But it's like, there's, a, there's a, something I want to show you. Your life has no experience commensurate to be a point of reference. The people in your family, no one has risen to such place for you to comprehend what I want to say. God may speak about what he's going to do in your life to such greatness that around your life, he cannot explain it. He has no, you have no uncle in your life for him to say like that one. You have no one who has gotten that faith in your family to say like that one. And God is trying to find a way to lead you to the porter's house that you may comprehend his message. The communication that God can speak. Jesus walked with his disciples and he used the things of this of everyday, of everyday life the everyday to explain to them the mysteries of heaven. But still, still they struggled they didn't comprehend. to understand. But we have the Holy Spirit. That if Jesus today was told that the Holy Spirit will help you translate. Yeah. But the Holy Spirit is there to translate. But when you go to the porter's house, he will translate that to you. But you need that porter's house. I've learned to live a life where I'm attentive. Because what is God showing me in this? There are mysteries. There are mysteries that you would not awaken to unless you go through certain experiences. There is a revelation to love you cannot have until you go through a certain experience. These young boys and girls talking about love in high school, they don't know love until they enter marriage. And they experience the pain. They may wonder why this married woman does not get love letters every day. Because this man has to love her, yet she's a source of grief on many occasions. So love is different in that context. Mm. But for a man who's been married, that walks in love, oh, how deep that love. When Paul says, greater man, love knows no man such as this. When Christ tells you about love, you listen. You actually get on your knees and say, Lord Jesus, tell me about love. When Jesus asks you, do you love your wife? Don't be quick to say <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, the one who's asking knows no. what love is. Because he paid the price. And also, you would not comprehend the love of Jesus, the love of God, if Jesus never died on the cross. You, you don't understand that the death of Christ brought a revelation of love. 
the land did not have such love. I, I, you don't understand it. The universe, the planet Earth on which we exist, did not have a revelation of love until Christ died. So when Paul says, greater love knows no man such as this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. You can't, you couldn't see that love without Christ. Walking with God would not be the same without the pattern of Christ. Yeah. The people you're seeing in the New Testament, without Christ, they have no pattern. Paul has no pattern without Christ. Peter has no pattern without Christ. Peter is a fisherman without Christ. But with the pattern, a fisherman can lay foundations of the church. What are we speaking about? There's something that God would want to show a man but the man cannot contain it. As I walk through the journey of life, even as I read, I'm trying to see God in all things. I'll see the power of deliverance in the story of Elon Musk. How a man rose from South Africa to become the richest man in the world. What does the journey look like? What does it take to to overcome? What does it mean to break through? How did he not been caught up by the mediocrity around him? How did he overcome the group think around him? Before Tesla Motors, the best car companies in the world, Mercedes, BMW, Toyota, was still stuck on fossil fuels. How does this man who has not been building cars suddenly have a vision? What did he see that these people did not see? That now they are following companies that existed for years and now following a man from South Africa. What did he see? But you may never know that may meet something in South Africa that allowed him to contain the revelation of electric cars. You don't know the encounter in his life that allowed him to contain the revelation. There are people in marriages today, marriages that are stalemate, because people cannot contain God's revelation of what's plaguing their marriage. That's why sometimes pastors have a unique gifting. Mm. Pastors have a gifting of, of seeing and revealing. They can look at your marriage and find a fitting analogy to explain your marriage and then you see and understand 
That's how hard. That's why we read the Bible. As you read the story in the Bible, God will tell you uh, exactly. Now, you see that that you're reading there, that's what happened X, Y, and Z. That's why believers to be reading the word. Because you, you now can contain. You now can contain the mysteries of God. You cannot, you cannot contain. God is so deep that without a container, you struggle with comprehending him. But as you study the word, without the appropriate container. and you read the story of Job, you'll understand why your wife said something like, oh, cast God and die. You see the pattern. You hear God. That's why the Bible says we have a sure word of prophecy. When you get up on your soap, to imagine it all started with endurance. <laughs> endurance. If one word that much was revealed. How much more? This six these numerous words in sixty six. Thank you. Thank you for also speaking into my life. The, th the things that I say, the areas in my life that are still a struggle. Yeah. You know, the relationship I've had with finances. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's an area that's still a struggle. We've made baby steps and I think that I'd got into a place where I was very comfortable with the baby steps. Yeah without necessarily realizing that until that's totally dealt with, the enemy will always have mm. that hook. He'll always that have foothold. that hook. He'll always have, yes, that foothold, where he'll periodically whisper to me and say, mm -mm. if God is truly X, Y, Z. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I thank God. All things. The joy for me. Is uh, I wrote something on Twitter the other day that people used to say, "Marry your friend," and uh, I I didn't believe them because I felt it was unreasonable. I told you my story in my room. I didn't I, make I, I friends. I didn't make friends. It was a life of trying to pursue and trying to break free, and the idea of marrying your friend deluded me. But I remember when I met you, there was this, this, I don't know how to explain, but this person that is your person. That's how close. But this is someone you meet. But it feels like they were raised in your father's house. <laughs> What's so powerful 
is some of the jokes I had with my siblings in our walking together. We've carried on that pattern of joking and shaking. Now, I don't think that character of me by which I relate with my siblings could be sown and bring fruit in any woman. You didn't think? No. Mm. I don't think Mm. that any woman could take the same seed and bring forth fruit. So when I say God didn't allow me to love you, I've said it before we were married. I said it on our wedding day. And I've said it every other day. And it's the anchor in this union. So thank you. Thank you. And I thank the Lord for you. Thank you. The person one, if you have to walk life with someone, I wouldn't have chosen for a better partner. Glory to Christ. It's humbling. Thank you. Thank you. Too. We'll call it a podcast. Yeah. We'll call it a podcast. Thank you.